you are now entering the world of a movie review. A world full of drama, joy, ridicule, movie spoilers, unpopular opinions, and adult humor for as far as the eye can see. Welcome to An Evening at the Movies. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to everybody's favorite movie-based podcast. This is An Evening at the Movies. I am your incredibly excited-to-be-here host, Casey, and this is the podcast where we eat stale popcorn, drink watered-down sodas, talk about all of our favorite movies and why we love them, but with a slight twist on this episode, because we're not going to pick a movie to discuss. We're going to talk about a specific genre of movies, and with that said, I wanted to try and come up with something for a new episode, new episode idea that might keep our listeners interested and kind of on their toes. So we're going to, we're bringing in a special guest tonight who is going to, has a little bit of expertise on the subject matter. I will go ahead and introduce her and she can introduce what she does and how she relates to the topic. After she's done with her introduction, I'll let you know what we're going to be talking about. Shouldn't be that hard to figure out though once she starts explaining what she does. So we are joined on this episode by... Miss Chris Summer. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, thank you for having me, Casey. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. Thank you for being open to the idea of going a little bit off the rail from what we normally do. Yeah, no, no problem. I think it's gonna be fun. I I, I like the idea that we're of what we're gonna be talking about. I like the way we're gonna be talking about it. But at the same time, I'm also incredibly open to the idea too, as well. If you feel after the episode's over, we had a good time and this was a good experience for you. By all means, you are welcome to pick a movie and recommend a movie and come back and discuss it with myself and Amanda and Shanna as well and do a traditional episode with us as well. So there's that as well. That'd be a lot but of fun. I think I think it would be too. Um and it definitely and it doesn't even have to be specific to what we're talking about today or any other genre, you can pick whatever genre you want. <laughs> but before we get to that, um, why don't you tell uh, the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do and all of that? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Christy Sumner, and I'm the founder of Soul Sisters Paranormal. We're an all-female paranormal investigation team that travels to some of the most historic and reportedly haunted locations around the country. Uh, we've been doing that since 2013. And uh, in 2021, I actually partnered uh, with my business partner, Miranda Young from Ghost Biker Exploration. She's another paranormal investigator. And uh, she and I opened a historic and haunted location in Huntsville, Tennessee, called the Historic Scott County Jail. So you can basically say that my world revolves around the paranormal, whether it's out investigating other locations or just running a haunted one in Tennessee. I'm, I'm always around the paranormal. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Um, paranormal completely fascinates me. Absolutely. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen enough of the, um, I'm going to use finger quotes for those of you listening and not watching the YouTube video, paranormal TV shows on TV. And I use the finger quotes because as I'm sure you are well aware with it being a TV show, they may or may not be as authentic and real as they're portrayed through the lens of the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, they, they, you know, for us, television shows, they do have that sense of sensationalism, for sure. And and I'm not going to disparage them because that's what they do, right? They're, there's an audience base that subscribes to that. And they're more than happy kind of suspending that that reality and watching those paranormal shows, even though they do have, um, to your point, um, a little bit of theatrics to them, much more so than what we do uh, in, in real life on a, on a paranormal investigation. Yes, um, definitely. By absolutely no means am I going to single out a specific show, of course or a, not, specific, yeah. a specific fan base, because we like to feel that all of our listeners are incredible people, no matter what they like, no matter what they support, whether they want to support a certain Northeastern television show, fine <laughs> by us. whether they want to support some of the others throughout the country, again, fine by us. I'm not going to necessarily throw my beliefs out there to shame or accept mm -hmm. what you like and what you support. That is completely 100% what you guys are all in or what we're all about. So um, where is probably the most interesting place that you guys have ever um, done an investigation? If, I'm allowed to ask that question. Yeah, no, absolutely. So as I said before, we've gone all over the country. And what's fascinating about these locations is they're all different from their historical perspective, right? So um, we've been to the St. Augustine Lighthouse, uh, the Velisca Axe Murder House, the Lizzie Borden House, uh, uh, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. And they all have this very unique historical background. Mm -hmm. um, as far as, you know, paranormal activity, um, I would say one of the most active places, aside from the historic Scott County Jail, which I co-own now, um, we investigated the old Gilcrest County Jail in uh, Trenton, Florida, which is about an hour's west of Gainesville, Florida. And for, for me, if I can call a paranormal investigation a perfect paranormal investigation, not that that term actually exists, but that's the closest thing to it, um, it would be that investigation because we use a variety of tools when we do our investigations. And that night was the one instance where almost every tool that we deployed that night was interactive and it was validating every other tool. Um, so for example, we were capturing shadow figures. Um, we were seeing, in the, seeing them in the moment and we were capturing on our, our night vision cameras, these shadow figures. But at the same time, we we're also seeing um, these figures on a camera called an SLS camera that we use. Uh, so that, that those things were validating. We were hearing disembodied voices at the same time we're catching them on our voice recorders uh, and having other objects interact with what is going on in the room. So for me, I'd say the old Gilcrest County Jail is probably the most um, intense with regards to paranormal activity um, in that confined little space. See, that's actually a very interesting because I, I've seen shows where they've gone to Gilcrest. I've seen shows where they have gone to multiple of the places that you listed mm -hmm. when you were going down your list as well because there seem definitely seems to be a hot spot of the quote unquote popular destinations for um, paranormal investigators to go, whether it's Brushy Mountain, Gilcrest, you mm -hmm. know, obviously the one that everybody knows is, would be the Stanley hotel, whatever the case may be. I personally, the Stanley for me is probably the one that, I connect with the most because of the fact that I'm a huge Stephen King lover and The mm -hmm. Shining is probably one of my top three or four favorite books that he's written. Mm -hmm. So a lifelong bucket list item for me is to visit 
to Stanley. Um, I've talked to people that have said that they've had experiences there. I've talked to people that said they felt that it was kind of, yeah, whatever the case may be. <laughs> it still doesn't wane my curiosity in the least. So I. Yeah, no, you should definitely go uh, make that a bucket list location for sure. Um, and Estes Park, the entire area around there is just fascinating. So plan to spend several days out there when you go. But no, I've been to the Stanley numerous times and it, it is a very um, mystical, magical place. Just, you know, it's set in this location around the Rockies. Um, you've got Estes, Estes Park there, um, a lot of Native American influence in that area as well. And so the, the Stanley is just a great hotel. It's got a great history. Um, you know, I can see why the, you know, Stephen King would, would base a novel during his stay there um, around the yeah. Stanley, especially when there's no guests really in the rooms. You do have these long hallways, these, these corridors, if you will. Um, and I can see where you could be influenced to, to do write something spooky when visiting that hotel. But, um, you know, I, I've never really had a, a real paranormal experience there per se. There was a couple of little things that happened um, when we were there, but nothing, nothing major that I would say, oh, this is the most haunted place in the country. Um, but then again, I was never there as an investigator, I was just there as a guest and, and doing some small investigative things, but not as a, um, you know, a full deployment investigation. But it's an amazing location. I absolutely love the Stanley. Well, and I think you would probably, maybe you will, maybe you won't agree with it. But um, I, from the little bit that I know, and I've done a substantial amount of reading and research, but just because you come into an environment to do an investigation doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have things popping off left and right, like sensory overload. No, no. It could, it, it could be it literally be for lack of a better term, a cold night yeah. and nothing happens, yeah. but still be ultimately at the end of the day, one of the most haunted places Oh, yeah. In the country. Uh, yeah, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, we've investigated numerous locations where, you know, we only got, and I only say only like an EVP or um, some little things that we couldn't explain, or we've go to a location where there's nothing happens that night. Uh, and again, we don't say that it's, it's not haunted. We just say on that night, uh, the spirits didn't interact with us. So we would never say that a, a location is not haunted. Absolutely not. Um, but, uh, you know, we just have different experience levels in certain locations. Um, same thing with teams that come to the historic Scott County Jail. I mean, when I'm there during the day, uh, just working the museum during the day, things happen routinely, right? You'll hear footsteps overhead, you'll hear whistling, um, doors slamming and such, but there's some people that'll go in and, and say it's the, uh, for lack of a better term, the most dead location they've investigated. Um, and and that's, that's not a slight, it's just, it happens. Um, you know, like I said, for me personally, uh, the times that I visited the Stanley, uh, we only had one or two little things happen, um, but uh, it's still an amazing place to visit just for the history. And that's really why we do this, right? D to have these, these tactile experience with these very historic locations. Um, not many people can say that they've stayed the night in the St. Augustine Lighthouse or the Lizzie Borden House or the Villa Scax Murder House, but we can say we've done that. And that's really why we do these Thing. So whether or not we have something happen that's unexplained during the investigation, it's still an amazing experience for us to be in these historic places. Well, and for I mean, I've been in places before where, um, like when we were kids, probably mid elementary school, so like third, fourth grade, we went on vacation with um, best friends 
family friends. And we'd go to places like old abandoned like military forts mm -hmm. in the region. And some of those places, we didn't necessarily know it at the time because we're young, inexperienced kids. But things can happen in those environments where you don't necessarily know you know, there's at least a lot of questions in the back. If, if it was to happen to me now, it would cause me like seeing shadows mm -hmm. and things definitely clearly is a clear sign of, especially when you know that you and another friend are the only two people in that building and the right. shadow is all the way across the room away from both of you. Right. You know, it, but, but little stuff. I mean, I loved going to places like that as a kid, so because we we were allowed to run around and explore and there wasn't as much control mm -hmm. by a tour guide or a right. park ranger or whatever the case may be so you were allowed to explore and see things and you know maybe that could you know kick up the dust a little bit and help trigger things you know who knows Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's little stuff like that that got me into the idea of um, like currently I'm working on a novel about paranormal investigation. Oh, cool. Not going to give it all the way to the audience yet. Because <laughs> of course I'm not. Literally deep, deep, deep into the research of it because there's so, as you can attest to, mm -hmm. there's so much about styles and vocabulary and technology and everything involved in it right it's not it's not something i really want to delve into and just kind of sort of for lack of a better term half-ass <laughs> so because you definitely have hardcore fans that might pick it up and start skimming through and be like okay well he totally missed the mark on that <laughs> and then before you know it it's like you have these ideas for several books in a row but then like one book completely derail, derails it all because you weren't thorough and complete with your investigation. So, but it definitely, I found and I've read a lot to know that there's a wealth of haunted locations in mm -hmm. the region of the country that I live in, being like Washington State. Yep, absolutely. So, um, definitely one of the things that intrigues me the most, though, is like communities like, um, uh, Port Townsend that are up along the coast of the peninsula Okay, where you have, especially back in the pre-Washington becoming a state days where you had a lot of longshoremen and nefarious, you know, like gambling and prostitution and murder mm -hmm. and all of the stuff that went on. And, you know, some of that residual. Exactly. Yep. Of all this stuff has definitely it still lingers in some of these old school buildings that are still a part of that community mm -hmm. so that was one of the um locations that really got me into the whole idea of doing something and kind of sort of basing it here mm -hmm. because you have all these places like there or some of these like hospitals abandoned hospitals and things of that nature that right. can tend to lead towards the kind of activity that could create a well uh well-researched story 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and there's locations all over the country, you know, and, and oh, yeah. I, obviously you know that, but um, you know, it, it is one of those things that you, you go and these, these places that have that longevity. Um, like for example, we also oversee a, a town called rugby here uh, in Tennessee. And it was a utopian village that was built in the late 1800s. And uh, it's a very haunted location and it does have that residual effect. There's also very um, intelligent hauntings that we come across as well. Um, but uh, that residual effect, I think you, 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 you can't have that longevity, that history without having some type of an imprint on it. Um, and I think that's really a, a lot of what we find in some of these locations is that that imprint, that residual, if you will. And um, so that we look for both of those type of hauntings when we go to a location. And I'm sure it helps make the to help set you up for success when it comes to the investigation as well. Oh, it does. Yeah, absolutely. So, so having that, you know, the, the research beforehand, really delving into, um, you know, what uh, historical events happen there, what tragic events happen there, um, really do that, that research, that pre-research really does guide the investigation. Uh, so that's what we always do when we go to an investigation. Well, I honestly feel like every aspect of being a paranormal investigator is completely... Um, We'll, we'll just go with important. It's it's important, you know, to be in tech. It's important to be this. It's important to be. But I mean, if you don't have a wealth of solid research behind an investigation, then you're almost going into investigate an investigation incredibly blind. At least in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely, and that's a great term, incredibly blind, as well as naive, and as well as the really going forward with the wrong intentions. Um, and th this is just my personal term. You know, I, I think that before you start any investigation, if you want to get into paranormal investigations, you need to start it with the right intentions. This, this is not something that you go into to get a jump scare on a Friday or Saturday night in a cemetery somewhere. You know, you go in with the reverence of the location and the respect of the location. Any, uh, you know, spirits that you're going to be speaking with, um, that's really what you need to do when you approach these investigations. And that's what I would tell anybody that wants to start in the paranormal community is really start with that that level of intention first. And, and I think that's where, you know, back to the, to the subject of popular media, I think that's where, you know, YouTubers and Instagrammers and TikTokers deviate a little bit from where um, paranormal investigators go. Um, you know, the community that I'm associated with, we're paranormal investigators. We go in, we research the location, we do copious amounts of study before and after an investigation. Um, you know, we just don't go in blind for a two-hour live um, and then leave. That's really not what we're about. It's it's, it's very much different. Um, so that that's where I would say that the, the deviation happens between um, those that, that want to do those lives and actual true investigators. Hmm. Live episodes. I wonder. Never mind. I won't go there. We're not naming names on this episode. Because <laughs> um, again, no shaming for any fans out there. But um, so really quick before we get into the discussion, um, I know you kind of sort of briefly talked about it in your last answer. But other than the stuff that you brought up, is there anything that you truly feel that quality wise that makes a great paranormal investigator? You know, aside from the, just the research, um, you really have to have patience 
with this, um, as you alluded to earlier, it's not something that you walk over the threshold of a location and things, 10 things pop off the wall. That's really not what this is about either. I mean, you can sit in a room for eight hours, just essentially talking to the dark um, and not feel that you have anything. And, um, you know, you may get one or two EVPs when you go back and listen to your voice recorder. So I say patience um, is, is a really big deal in this uh, field as well. Well, and I mean, like we discussed earlier too, just because you go into an environment doesn't mean you're going to have a thousand pieces of evidence pop off. Exactly. You may have one or two. So you can't let the lack of activity frustrate you. Exactly. This is, I feel like if this is something you're incredibly passionate about, mm -hmm. you've got to be resilient and keep, keep at it because at the end of the day, you may have success. You may not have success. Mm -hmm. You may go six months, a year down the road, and you may, you know, spend a year with no success. But then you might hit something where you hit hit onto something where you just all of a sudden everything just right explodes exactly. and you know, so absolutely. So obviously, for the listeners, um, we've done a lot of talking about what. Um, Christy does. So um, we're going to do a little bit of a discussion here about um, the world of the paranormal and how it can relate to the world of cinema, because mm -hmm. this is this is an evening at the movies. We do, <laughs> we, we do discuss a lot of movies mm -hmm. as well. You know, I don't think we've ever had a movie where we haven't discussed a movie. Yeah. No, no. Hundred this. I think it's like 171 episodes we've had so far. I don't think we're going to start a new trend now, but we're going to do it from a little bit different of a directive mm -hmm. where um, we're not having Christy pick a movie and we're going to break it down and analyze it and then rate, rate it and review it. We're just going to talk about the whole subgenre as a whole. Mm -hmm. And um, I've got a handful of questions here that I came up with for the interview. Um, just so everybody knows, I'm not pinpointing these questions specifically at certain movies or whatever. I left it ambiguously open mm -hmm. so that um, our amazing guest did not feel like she had to have, you know, a thousand percent expertise <laughs> in, in the entire subject matter. Because let's be honest, there's a lot of paranormal movies out there. There some, are. Some that are great, some that are not so great. Again, you guys know us. We don't judge. I mean, unless you're going back and listening to mine and, me and Amanda talk about the movie Rubber. Hashtag, <laughs> if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it because we're not all rainbows and sunshine when we review movies. <laughs> but with all of that said, um, the first question I have, and it is, what do you think makes a great movie about the paranormal? You know, honestly, the ones that I've seen or that that I routinely watch um, are really those that, just again, speaking in the genre, those that get a little bit more in depth into the reason why things are happening. Um, you know, there's a there's a movie that I watched growing up. It's called The Lady in White. Um, it's uh, definitely a horror movie. Uh, not so much a horror. It is a, a suspense movie. Um, and they do a really good job of introducing the paranormal, introducing the ghost of this child, 
Um, I don't know if we want to talk about spoilers, but um, it, oh, it, 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 yeah, it introduces, and it's a great movie. Um, it's one of those when I was watching it as a kid and I watched it over and over. Um, it, I, I think, I think a movie that introduces the paranormal, not so much as a demon or something that's going to possess you. And this is just my opinion, but those that um, really give you suspense and, and lead you to a conclusion. And I think that's what the lady in white does. Um, it, it's one of those where you're introduced to this ghost, you're introduced as to why she's haunting this certain location. And then it introduces elements of that suspense as to who did it, why they did it. Um, and then there's resolution to that. Um, throw in some really creepy things. Like there's a, a song in the movie that the, the, the culprit whistles. Um, it's an old Frank Sinatra movie, and every time I hear that, it's like you know the the movie to Halloween or the music to Halloween. You just hear it, and your spine starts to tingle just a little bit. Like, oh my gosh! Um, well, that's, that's one of my favorite things about the whole idea of Halloween. Mm -hmm. And not to go off on Amanda's favorite slasher movie, because as we all know, if you've been here for a while, you know Casey is not the number one fan of Halloween. Number two, <laughs> but not number one. Um, but if you have read some of the stuff from behind the scenes, the initial cut before John Carpenter added that music to the movie, mm -hmm. people were, I mean, the studio literally was like second guessing whether or not they were going to release the movie or not. Yeah, he composed, just he, he composed that soundtrack and it became one of, if not the most, one of the most iconic movies movies let alone horror movies of all time right so definitely yeah, absolutely and and you know that's that's kind of what this this movie did as well and i know it wasn't on the list of the ones we were talking about but for me when you ask the the what my what makes that for me um you know we talk we're going to talk about poltergeist in a minute and yeah that that movie it adds the suspense it has some special effects um but then you introduce these things that really are outside that realm a possibility, right? I mean, really, this beast thing is not going to come shooting out of your closet. It's just, it's not going to happen. Um, you know, and, and I think that would, um, for me, that where it, it, it kind of gets starting to get a little cheesy. Um, but for something like, um, you know, The Lady in White, it's it's one of those where, um, you know, it, it introduces this, this could be possible, right? Um, so that that's kind of, for me, what makes a good paranormal movie. And for the most part, I would agree with you, too. Um, I don't necessarily think paranormal movies need to necessarily go, for lack of a better term, balls to the wall and just mm -hmm. be that, like you said, evil, demonic, jumping out of the closet or whatever the case may be, not faulting some of right. these movies at, at all, because some of those still are some of the most scary movies of all time. Oh, absolutely. They are. Yeah, absolutely. But, but when we're when we're you know kind of looking at what we do in the paranormal world and you know kind of what we see and how we do it, um, and then you 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 put that side by side and you analyze it with a, a movie from Hollywood, it is a little bit different. Um, I guess paranormal activity uh, would be obviously a little bit closer to what we do, um, but it's it's still that at the end of the day, um, you know, a little bit you're you're suspending reality a little bit there at the end. So a little bit off the rails here with this one, but have you ever had an experience like paranormal activity mm -mm. in a, a real life investigation? No, no. And we haven't. And, and I've been to 
most of the reportedly haunted locations in the U.S. And I, we've never witnessed anything demonic, nothing malicious, nothing evil. Um, we've never been harmed. We've never been scratched. We've never been uh, molested physically in any way like that. Um, you know, for us, it's just, it is very different than what you see in popular media. Um, you know, and as we said before, there are those that have the shows that, that really need that sensationalism and that we just don't see it. We don't, not to say that I don't believe it exists. I mean, there are absolutely people who I trust and know that have had this experience. We have not. I mean, if you take a lot of that sensationalism out of some of these TV shows though, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, what does the TV show have? That's exactly right. It's, yeah. It's going to, it's going to keep the listeners or watchers involved each and every week and make them want to come back for more. That's exactly right. No, you're absolutely because, right. Like, like we've been saying numerous times throughout the episode to this point, you can, I'm okay. I will pick a certain show out of the woodwork just for an example. Mm -hmm. and, I'm, and I'm not bashing on the show by any stretch of the imagination, but say you are a part of the show ghost hunters and you go into a place like the Stanley mm -hmm. for an example, and you don't have anything happen at all nothing happens a whole you could be there for two or three days and tape and tape and tape and tape nothing happens and then you have to turn that into an episode but yet if you put that nothing happening out there for the viewers to watch what's going to make them want to come back and watch yeah Next no you're episode. absolutely right no you are absolutely so, right and that that's capitalism. That's what sells. That's sensationalism. That is that is entertainment. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And I, not, I don't it may not be what we agree with, but that's exactly what sells. Right. And so, and and much like the audience has to kind of suspend reality for something like Poltergeist or The Shining, you know, you've got to kind of suspend reality a little bit with those television shows, right? It's it's much different than what we see in paranormal investigations, true paranormal investigations. Um, and it, you just have to know going into it, going in and watching it, that that's not how this happens. Um, you know, we'll continue on with ghost hunters for just a second. Uh, we yeah. investigated Fort Mifflin in, uh, in, in Philadelphia, and we were there a couple weeks after ghost hunters had filmed there. Now, when we go into a location like Fort Mifflin, we had it for an entire night. Uh, we booked it. We were the only people there. It was a private investigation. There were four of us on site for the entire night. We had complete control of that fort. Um, but we were speaking to the docent before we started, and um, he let us know that, you know, ghost hunters were there a couple weeks ago before we got there, and they spent an entire week. Um, they filmed for an entire week. The cast had to wear the exact same clothes for continuity purposes and, you know, to move it along. Um, but for that 60 minute episode they filmed for an entire week there. Um, and that's something that television shows can do, right? They have the producers, they have the the funds, they have the resources to do that much more so than the, the common paranormal investigator. Cause like all we do, everything that we do is self-funded. We get no, I do not monetize the channel. We do not get outside funding of any sort for what we do. And so that's what makes us a little bit different as well. And at the end of the day, I, I appreciate the people that go out and do this kind of stuff and they don't monetize what they're out there doing. They're not out there trying to make a buck doing it because at the end of the day, you know, if that's what you want to do, 
I'm not faulting you for it. It is what it is. But I feel like if there's money involved, it can be easily to force a manipulation of the situation. Absolutely. And when it comes to paranormal investigation, you need to literally be, you know, gloves off, expect exactly. the unexpected. You can't have intermingling trying to force things to happen because if you force the things to try and happen, that's when people are going to start re seeing through exactly what you do. Exactly. And that's not what the, um, That's not what you guys are all about. I, I really get that impression. That's not what you guys are all about. Correct. So Correct. Yep. Definitely hats off to that. That was a long response to one question. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that was probably more me than it was you. So I mean, I, that's one of the things I've learned doing the show is like our first couple episodes, we recorded for like two and a half, three hours every time. And I had to edit it down to like bare minimum. I'm, some of those episodes <laughs> were like an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. And I, that, I was scraping the bottom of the barrel at that. I mean, I generally try and keep it at right around an hour to an hour and 15 at the absolute most, just because I feel like once you get to a certain point, the listeners are going to start checking out. And yeah. if I've got listeners that get 45, 50 minutes into the show, I don't want them to put that much time into it and check out for the last 10 minutes. Understood. So, yeah. um, and I will interject here just a minute. I, I do have a hard stop at 1030. Just saying. Okay. So. In 45 minutes. Okay. I trying to do the math and three. Okay. Time frame. Da, da, da. Okay. So we will get more focused with our questions going forward. <laughs> but um, this one might actually be kind of a cookie cutter, cookie cutter answer to a question, but um, we're going to go ahead and ask it anyway, because I feel like I know what most people's answer is going to be but you might have a different one. Um, is there a paranormal movie out there that left you with a mind-blowing twist at the end of the movie that completely you did not see coming? Wow. Um, I just, I've drawn a blank, honestly. Um, you know, no, uh, I, I'll go back to the Lady in White movie. Uh, that's the one, like I said, I started watching that as a child and it that had a different twist to it. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's it's really a, an interesting movie. Um, and um, but there really there wasn't really one that I've watched that has a twist that I wasn't expecting or anything like that. No. If I was going to pull one out of my hat, I would probably go with um, The Sixth Sense. Only because I was expecting one thing at one point, and then literally to find out at the end of the movie. Um, hashtag spoiler alert. Um, and by the way, if generally for the most part, if it's over six months to a year old, we yeah. kind of don't necessarily care as much about spoiler alerts. Right. So, and I feel like the sixth sense is like 23 ish, 24 years old. Yeah, that, everybody's that, yeah, everybody's great. seen that movie, so they all know that Bruce Willis actually died in the movie. yeah. That was a great movie, and and I it, I didn't take it didn't take me to the end um, to get that movie. Um, it was probably about fifteen or twenty minutes to the end. I was like, oh, I think I got this. And uh, when that ring dropped, it was like, yep, there we go. Yep. <laughs> I, I mean, movie. I get. I, for me, it was all the way at the end when it actually was physically revealed. Mm -hmm. But I also watched it on videotape, which was a special edition videotape that went back after the movie was over. 
and they explained point per point per point the same all these little all these little things that if you saw it it was quite clear that and easy that oh my god how did i not see that mm-hmm. coming yeah you know it's one of those movies that the plot twist was oh but then at the end it's like you feel so dumb because it's like i should have freaking seen that coming mm-hmm yeah, no, that so, love that movie. That's a great movie. Uh, let's see. So we're gonna go two points to this next question, um, because you kind of have to have the base part of the question before you get to what we're talking about. So, um, what was the first horror movie that you remember seeing when you were younger? The fir- very first horror movie would have been Halloween. Um, and I don't know, for whatever reason, my mom let us watch that when we were about six or seven. And, um, it, it was one of those that to your point, if you watch it on mute, no, no worries. Um, but as soon as that music starts playing that, that was the very first horror movie that we watched. Um, and still to this day, Michael Myers is just, uh, he's one, (laughs) he's just the embodiment of evil. Um, mine was Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. My number one favorite horror movie of all time. Amanda will attest to this, and we've actually competed in a trivia challenge back and forth that I single-handedly lost <laughs> very badly. But um, not anything against Halloween, because when I remember first seeing Halloween, mm-hmm. that that music, point blank, not necessarily anything that you see in the movie, I don't think... He, John Carpenter was overly graphic with anything in that movie. No. But it's the way, the shadows, it's the mm-hmm. music, it's the everything. That music, though, the house that we lived in at the time when I first saw that movie, there was a big, long, dark hall that went from the dining room uh-huh. all the way down the hall into the bathroom. And there was no overhead light. So if you watched Halloween at night and you had that song <laughs> stuck in your head, to go, I numerous times as a kid, I would, of course, watching the movie with the lights off because you can't watch a horror movie without Correct. The lights on. Right. That's just stupid. Right. But as soon as it gets to one of those moments where it's like, mm, pause, I have to go to the bathroom, then it's like you walk into the dining room and it's like, I'm not turning the lights on because everybody in the house is asleep. <laughs> but yet you get to that the entrance way to that hallway and it's like, you're peeking around the corner. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, and then, just, and then you like, run. Bullet coming out of the gun. <laughs> run, run That's exactly right. Yeah. And it's moments like that that if Halloween was to ever surpass Nightmare on Elm Street as my number one favorite horror movie of all time, mm-hmm. it's those type of memories that w- I had memories like that, that with Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, only for the pure fact that it's a movie based on a psychotic killer that's living in your dreams. You can't escape your dreams no matter how you look at it. Right. So once you go to sleep and you have to sleep, so there's nothing stopping him from being able to (laughs) dance puppet. Yeah. And I think that's really the mark of a good movie. If you have that suspense and even, you know, when I'm six or seven years old and I'm watching it and I still remember those scenes, right, where it's suspenseful. And and I think that's the mark for me of a good horror movie, paranormal investigation movie where 
one, we're still talking about it. And two, it still has that suspense level. Like, for example, um, I told you that we, uh, we, we do all the after dark stuff at rugby. Um, well, there's numerous nights where we're there before the, the, group even starts and you know we're the only people there um and because it's in the national park they have a restroom um that's always open so you go in and you're in this kind of national park restroom and th that scene in halloween where the little girl is in the rest station uh the restroom at the the rest stop and uh you know he walks in and grabs the mom's purse it's just one of those, yeah. those it's not obviously not the original one um but uh, it's that one scene and it you still remember it it's one of those things that you kind of no, always I, go back I, to. I, I remember exactly. It's the beginning of Halloween H2O. Yeah. Yep. Seen the movie a thousand times. Yep. Know. But yeah, it. I. The abandoned public bathrooms like that are definitely something to creep me out like no other because, especially like that particular environment where the mom had to take the door and wedge it open with a rock <laughs> to get light so that yes. they could use the bathroom. Because yeah. there's like minimal, even if there's windows, they're generally up mm -hmm. at the top by the yep. ceiling, so the people can't peek in at you while you're trying to go to the bathroom. Yeah, blah 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 blah. But it doesn't allow for the room to be very well lit, so you've got to try and utilize whatever you can. But yet, when somebody comes and takes that rock out, or you know, they sneak in, you know, and steal your purse and take your car keys, blah blah blah, blah and all. It, oh. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps. I know mind. exactly, and so you know, I now that I, I, that is in my psyche, right? When we when we go into that type of environment, that's in my and I remember that, and you know, wow, what a, a cinematic effect to have that effect on me this far after watching it, this far removed. And that's not like we were talking about though, with like some of the stuff that John Carpenter did in that original Halloween movie. Mm -hmm. That's not even one of those like overly gory excessive you know you know they're not slapping you in the face with all this you know mm -hmm. look at what we can do with technology and cgi and all of that it's it's practical it's yeah i mean you can the, just the way michael myers turns his head you know that slow just looking at you type of a situation that's that's horrifying and, and you can't even see through the mask into his eyes all you see is those big dark circles right mm -hmm. there and it's like <laughs> yeah and that i mean that's something when you think about it that that's it's not uh this gory demon thing that has come out of the tv or the the basement door i mean that's that in your mind could literally be possible so for me that's the mark of a good uh of a good horror movie so the other side of that question obviously with the subject matter of tonight's episode um what was the first paranormal movie that you remember seeing as a kid? Um, you know, probably the one that comes to mind is Ghostbusters. Um, and, uh, it, and really, if you look at Ghostbusters for what it was at the time, um, and, and you asked me a, a question about what paranormal team in a movie really kind of mimics what you do to some extent, it'd be Ghostbusters because they go in, they actually are trying to do solid research. Um, you know, they have various pieces of equipment um, and, you know, obviously it gets a little, little weird at the end, but, or funny at the end, but that's really kind of what we do. Um, and, and for, for, you know, if you're looking from a, a cinematic standpoint, um, that's probably the one that, that I can identify with the most in, real life terms as to what we do. And so I'd say Ghostbusters. 
Well, and excuse me. Um, I think it's kind of sort of the movie that kind of sort of launched mm -hmm. the profession mm -hmm. as well. Maybe ghost hunting or paranormal investigation wasn't as hot as it would become in the 21st century. But, you know, it definitely, you have to have a foundation somewhere at some point for something to grow into what it is today. Mm -hmm. In our um, podcast network, we have um, two of the guys that host a couple of different shows have the argument all the time back and forth between old school versus new school, which is better. And Dre is definitely more new school. Harvey, a lot more old school. But, you know, to each their own, and we all have to have a little bit of both in our life. But like Harvey and I feel, you definitely cannot have new school if you don't have old school. Absolutely. To lay the foundation for the new school to build on top of. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. uh, has there ever been a paranormal movie that ever completely scared you out of your, you know, wit's end? Um, you know, going again, going back to the lady in white, I, I know I brought this up a lot, but for me, that one is, is so psychological in the fact. And, and again, I'm watching this from the eyes of a, a seven and an eight year old. Um, that for me was so psychological because it, it really did kind of mimic something that you think in your mind could happen, right? That you could be locked in this schoolhouse and this little ghost comes and starts talking to you. Um, and then you're tasked with trying to find out why she's there. And um, so I, I think, and, and for me, that was the one that really, um, you know, I think we connected with because it, it is such a suspenseful movie and it, it is kind of in my mind in the realm of possibility because you can see a spirit like that you can understand that it has a story to tell and it needs resolution to move on uh so i guess i can connect with that one i guess the other side of that question would be um well not really the other side but well we're, we're gonna go a little bit we've honored paranormal movies mm -hmm. so far with our discussion but you almost have to bring up the other side of that equation too. Is there anything about paranormal movies out there today that you dislike or that puts you off as a viewer of the movie? I think if you kind of go in with the mindset of entertainment value, um, you know, the, the Ghostbusters that had the women as the Ghostbusters, I really enjoyed the cast. I thought it was a great cast. I thought um, the first part of the movie was actually pretty cool. Um, but then at the end, you get to the part where, you know, this, the, these, the, the, the guy's dancing, um, you know, he's, he's possessed by the, the bad guy. He's dancing and making all the, uh, the army, the, the military dance and all that. I thought that was a little cheesy. It, it had, for me, that movie had a lot of potential. And in the end, it just kind of like, wah, wah. um, so I, I didn't enjoy that one as much. That really kind of, um, you know, when you go back to the original Ghostbusters, um, you know, it, it still had that, that cheesy factor, but, um, you know, for me that that's again, kind of, you're asked to suspend at that point, the, the fact that this could happen. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I'd, I'd say that one, those Ghostbusters. And on top of it, we, this is another topic we've talked about in the past on the show. Um, 
and I won't speak for either of my co-hosts, but I will say for myself, I'm not as much of a fan of the movies that sequelize themselves 30 or 40 years after Correct. the original. It's like, if you were going to do this, why couldn't you have done it? Yes. You know, I'm not necessarily... I'm not going to lie. I think Ghostbusters Afterlife with the guys coming back mm -hmm. was That was a good definite, one. It was a great movie. Yes. The one the one thing I will say that I missed and yes, he was a part of the movie would be the whole Harold Ramis character mm -hmm. Egon. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that they found a way to have him be involved. And, but still, it wasn't the same without him. Agreed. Physically there. Agreed. But to your point, if, if you're going to make a sequel and try to bring something full circle, um, I thought that did a really good job. Um, you, yeah, exactly. it, 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 it brought in the old, um, you know, the storyline. It had that continuity to where, okay, this could have been, this could have been possible. Um, and I, you know, you don't, again, you don't have to break that reality. You can say, okay, this, this absolutely could have happened this way. If you look at one movie to the end and to me, you're right. I, you know, you're trying to ask me to recall all these things and these are slipping my mind, but that one to me was a really good one. Yeah. No, I, there have been movies that have done that, that I think have been successful. There's a lot more movies that have tried to do that that have been way, way, way less successful. Agreed. So um, definitely, um, I'm not as much of a fan of the whole, like I said, the whole 30, 40 year gap, because then at this point, you're, you're going to run the risk of losing people that were an integral part of making the original movie a success. I lost audio with you. My headset does that from time to time. So there you go. Thank you for giving me the heads up. Um, but like I said, like Goonies, another movie filmed in my region that was a very big part of the mid 80s and all of that. And it's something that's being talked about as doing a sequel to, but it's like, okay, well, the guy who played Sloth is dead. Richard Donner is dead. It's like these are key elements of the movie that you can't just put somebody else into that role. Agreed. And expect to have that same level of success. Agreed. So if you if you can't have all puzzle pieces, don't try and put the puzzle together, people. Yeah, and I agree. And I, I you know, just kind of going off the a, a tangent topic here um you know for me we, we see a lot of this right now where these 80s movies that were so successful um I, I think because hollywood really hasn't had a real successful run of you know back-to-back -back movies like the 80s did i think they're trying to capitalize on the fact that one we are very much in nostalgia um, we are the age group that one has expendable income. Um, we're, we're, we want to go back to that, that gilded age, if you will, of the silver screen. Um, and we want to see, and we want to have that reconnection, right. With our childhood. I think we've probably seen this more, 
um, with our generation, um, you know, the, the 80s babies, if you will, um, than any other generation, right? Because they're trying to capitalize on the fact that we love these movies. We spent millions of dollars um, the first go around. So let's see if we can get them back. Uh, you see it with Top Gun, right? Um, you know, Top Gun was a fantastic oh, movie. And hugely successful at on top. I mean, you look at how fast movies are going from theater to streaming now. Top mm -hmm. Gun blew that out of the water. It's like my movie theater has quote unquote been condemned. So I have to travel at least an hour to go to the movies now, mm -hmm. which makes it very difficult. Of course. So I Top Gun was one of those movies that I loved the original as a kid. Didn't know if I was going to appreciate even hearing all the reviews for the new one. I still, I don't know if I'm going to like, I don't know if I want to drive an hour one way, an hour back, spend that kind of money and then have myself be disappointed. I'll just wait for it to come out on streaming. But then it kept doing successful and it kept, the streaming date kept getting pushed back and back and back. And it's like, will you please stumble please so it can come out on streaming <laughs> so I can see it. I'm tired of being the only person in my fan or in my friend base that has not seen this movie. Mm -hmm. And, and but but to your point earlier, you know, I think they did a very good job of bringing in those characters that um, that that weren't there, right? That they they brought in Goose, even though he wasn't integral to the the storyline. Now they made him a part of that, to where you remember that, right? You you get that feeling of the original Top Gun back. Um, so again, not to go on this tangent of of eighties movies, but I think that's why you know we're kind of seeing this Ghostbuster Afterlife and all of that because they're trying to capitalize on the fact that these movies did so well in the eighties, and they're trying to bring that back to that that same type of success rate. Well, and the other one that I'm gravitating towards right now, too, as well, um, we'll get to the last couple questions here really quick after I go down this road. But, like, I truly feel like the original Beverly Hills Cop was, the was like, one of the first two rated R movies I saw as a kid. My aunt showed it to me when it was on cable. I think it was on Showtime at the time. My mom was infuriated with that because... I have never seen vulgar language used in such a fluent, mm -hmm. hilarious manner before. Right. I felt I fell in love with that movie the first time I saw it. I've loved that movie from day one. Um, I've seen the sequels. I know that Netflix has part four coming out. Hopefully, semi early next year. Um. I've heard rumors about who all is involved in that. And that's something that I'm excited to see because I wasn't as much a fan of the third one mm -hmm. that I thought kind of sort of went off the rails. Mm -hmm. And I've heard rumors of a lot more of the cast that wasn't a part of part three is going to be involved in part four. And it's like, okay, if this is going to be the end, let's do it right. Let's bring as many people back as we can and let's, tell the traditional story the way it should have been told all the yep. way from the beginning. Yep, absolutely. Okay. So, um, I think I've got two questions left for you. Okay. And then we, and then we can start working towards wrapping up the interview. Um, what do you think the three best paranormal movies are that you've seen in your entire lifetime? Um, well, I, I mean, I, I, the, the shining was really cool. Um, you know, that, that is a, a very good movie. Um, I think it does have that element of suspense. It has that element of, uh, 
you know, the, the unknown as well. Like it, how did this really end? Was he there? Was he wasn't, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Um, hmm. Guess another one would probably be again, the lady in white. Um, Cause that just made an impact on me. Um, mm -hmm. And then, like I said, I, I really enjoy Ghostbusters. I, I do. I think that's a great movie. I think it's fun. It was entertaining, um, you know, and, and watching it now based on what we do, uh, it's probably the most realistic in the terms of paranormal investigations. I'm not going to lie. We're going to have to have you back when Amanda can be on the show too. Okay. Because she loves, loves, loves a thousand times over Ghostbusters. Even to the point that she has her own plush Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Oh, cute. It has a little on-off button. Yeah. If you hit it, it'll play the Ghostbusters theme. Oh, cute. I, I guarantee you, if we can get you on the show and we can discuss Ghostbusters. Let's do it. Even if, even if we don't discuss Ghostbusters, I will freaking have her show you. She's always proud to show off her Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Let's do it. I would love so, that. Um. So my last question, um, and it's kind of sort of away from the cinematic aspect of it, but I'm kind of sort of feeding off of the paranormal in cinema, but also kind of sort of what you do as well. Okay. Um, and as a whole in general, and I'm hoping this doesn't come off in a disrespectful way, but um, I'm really curious to get your honest opinion are you convinced that ghosts exist in our everyday world? I do. Absolutely. I am 100% convinced that ghosts exist in our everyday world. Um, spirits, entities, uh, however you want to phrase it, um, energy, if you will. Um, I, I've seen enough. I've heard enough. We've experienced enough to know that that energy is not one energy is not created or destroyed. It has to go somewhere. So I do think that there are spirits that are able and have the ability to communicate with us. Um, if we're willing to listen now, you know, I do, I think that if you're walking into Publix and you're going to see a ghost, probably not, um, or a grocery store, um, and you're going to see a ghost, probably not. But if you're willing to listen, the possibility is always there. If you're willing to, to, go in with an open mind, the possibility is always there. Um, so yes, I absolutely believe that spirits are here and that we can communicate with them and they want to tell their story. Um, I think that's what most spirits are, um, are entities that have a story that either need or want it told because they don't want to be forgotten because nobody wants to be forgotten even no. today. And as, as a human, you know, you don't want to go through life thinking that you're invisible and that nobody can see you. And I think that's the reason why some of these spirits are so engaged in communicating with us. So really quick before we get into the conclusion um i can honestly say um outside of the whole um like we were talking about earlier the with the military fort exploration mm -hmm. that i i can remember two instances i'm not saying exactly 100 how valid they are mm -hmm. but um there was a year several years back where we were having a surprise birthday party for my mom okay at her at her house i'm not gonna lie i was standing in the kitchen the way that everything's set up it's kind of sort of an l shape through the kitchen into the dining room and out dining room door into the driveway okay i the other end of that l is the sliding glass door that goes out into the backyard 
I am not going to lie. Out of the corner of my eye, I turned slightly. Out of the corner of my eye, I could have sworn to heaven that I saw my grandmother walk from the sliding glass door across the dining room and through the the doorway going out into the driveway. I... Is that your mom's mom? Yes. Yeah. De- and- definitely. And mind you, this woman has been dead since 1985. Mm-hmm. And I've never had this happen before. So kind of sort of, I could, I felt like the hair on my arm standing up on end and it felt really weird, mm-hmm. but it's still like one of those things that if you don't talk to the right people about it, they can definitely look down their nose at you, blah, 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 all mm-hmm. that as well. Yeah. The, uh, the other one being, um, I spent some time in the hospital this year and after I got out of the hospital, um, the day after I got out of the hospital, my dad passed away. Mm. So um, my dad and I, for the better part of 20 years, have not had a great relationship at all since his mom. I won't go into all the details, but um, there was a lot of stuff that happened between him and I and my grandmother, his mother was basically stuck in the middle of it. And, um, for two nights, it was, I think it was the second night after he died. Um, I was laying in bed. One of my grandmother's biggest, hugest pet peeves would be if I come over to visit, I fall asleep in the recliner with my glasses on. Okay. Like, you're you're going to break your glasses. You're going to bend your glasses. If you're going to fall asleep, take them off. Aww. So I think it was, it was either the first or second night. I don't remember which night it was, but that doesn't necessarily, but I fell asleep watching a movie one night, had my glasses on. I woke up probably a half an hour later, had to go to the bathroom. But when I woke up, my glasses were off my face. And on the other side of my queen size bed, totally it like I'm laying on the my right hand side. They're in the bottom left hand corner of the bed where I can't wow. even reach them. Unless I'm rolling over and literally sliding all the way over. The wow. That I'm, I kind of sort of immediately, I woke up and completely forgot about having to go to the bathroom and completely had an emotional breakdown at that point. Because the first connect, the first connection I made was, was that my grandmother coming to me and trying to come up with a way of leaving me a message mm-hmm. that you're, your dad is here. He's with your grandpa and I. We're okay. Yep. Everything that's gone on between the two of you, you need to let it go. You need to live your life Aww. how you need to live it to be happy. Don't dwell on the negativity. We're good. We're here. We've got your back. And even if it's something that I came up with and processed in my head, and it isn't necessarily how everything went, mm-hmm. I think it definitely. It helped with the grieving process of that significant Absolutely. loss yeah. because I don't, and, I, I'm one of those people that believe, I don't care if you have bad blood or not, the person is still your parent, whether it's your mother, your father, whatever the case may be. So he and I may have had beef together, but at the end of the day, he's still my dad. And there's, it may not be a huge part of my heart, but there's still a part of my heart that 
always yearn for that acceptance and that love that may or may not have ever come. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fantastic. And and you know, I had a similar experience when my nana passed. I was very close with my nana, um, and I had something similar. You know, where where I was kind of shown that she was okay, and uh, she was with my granddaddy who had passed in 1986. Uh, and it's a great source of comfort, right? It was one of those where I was very much relieved that um, that she didn't have to pass and go to what's next on her own. And it really kind of showed me that, you know, when you die, you will be greeted by a loved one. You will be greeted by somebody, you know, it's not a transition that you're going to make alone. And I think that really gave me a source of comfort as well. So to your point, mm-hmm. um, and, and that could have been kind of what her, her unfinished business was that she needed to tell you that you do need to let it go. You need to live your life and, um, and that your dad's going to be okay. And that's the same, again, the same message that I got with my Nana. And um, so, so through what we've done and the places that we've gone and the unexplainable data that we've collected, um, it is one of those things that has strengthened my belief in an afterlife and has strengthened my religious beliefs or strengthened my, my spiritual beliefs. So for me, it is a journey that has very much influenced a lot of what I've done since the last, in the last several years. I feel validated in sharing that story now because I've been incredibly guarded about sharing that story Aww. with people. Like I said, for the pure fact that you don't know how people are going to react to hearing something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely something a lot more than, you know, seeing out of the corner of your eye is an entity walk across your dining room mm-hmm. and go out the door. You know, the fact that literally there was some kind of, physical involvement yep one was very powerful and two i don't want people thinking i'm off my freaking rocker because <laughs> listen casey <laughs> tell, tell people you're a paranormal investigator um you know i listen i completely understand they either look at you like you have two heads or they want to tell you their ghost story and more often than not people want to tell you their ghost story and um you know here's the thing death is something that we're all going to experience. None of us are getting off this ride alive. And so I think everybody has an innate curiosity about what's happening next, because where we're going to go next, what's the next journey. And so I think more people have the type of stories that you're talking about than not. And I think with this age of social media and some of the things that we've been witnessing, I think more people are coming out about the fact that they've had experiences, um, that they have a stronger belief in the paranormal. And um, so I, I think it's it's good all the way around when people talk about these experiences, because I think most people have them. But to your point, they're just afraid to admit it. But I think that stigma is slowly but surely lessening the more we talk about it. I definitely agree with that 100%. I think the more that's out there for people to learn about, and I think having podcasts out there that um, have on guests like yourself or some of the other experts in your field is helping to educate the people that it's not necessarily all about demonic possession and exorcism type stuff. There's Correct. a lot of healthy healing energy involved mm-hmm. in what you guys do. And it's not necessarily something to directly be afraid of. So right. I 100% thank you for sharing that thought with us and the listeners as well. 
Um, definitely, I want to say thank you for being on the show as to as well because thank I you. completely enjoyed the discussion that we've had. Um, I'm glad I came up with this idea, and I'm glad that I reached out and you agreed to be the experimental guinea pig. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you reached out. It definitely is something I feel like definitely like I suggested, I think we need to have you back on the show. I think when we can get at least Amanda, if not Amanda and Shanna both on the show with us as well. And definitely, I think we should definitely do a revisit on Ghostbusters. Let's do it. So I think that'd be a we, lot of fun. We can all enjoy the essence of the movie, the hilarity of the movie, mm-hmm. because it is one of the most classic movies of all time. Absolutely. It's one of my fondest memories from my childhood. Other than some of the overly gross stuff that I saw in Nightmare on Three. But <laughs> we'll save we'll save that for another day. Um but as always, I can't end the show without saying thank you to our fans for being here each and every week. Um, if you guys have been here for this whole hour and enjoyed the show, definitely let us know. Um Thank you for listening for the whole hour and letting us try something that we're venturing out and trying to do something different with. Um, but definitely, yes, if you love the show, let us know. Um, and we'll keep bringing, trying to bring you new and inventive ways of bringing you guys episodes each and every week. Um, otherwise, really quick, um, as you guys know, uh, we're kicking off Halloween Horror Fest. So stay tuned for that. And we are currently booking episodes into November and December and January, all the way up through our third anniversary, which will be February 10th. So um, reach out to us on social media and let us know if you've got a movie, let us know. Like the rule states, no movie will be denied. We watch rubber for you people. So (laughs) if, if, if it's bad, we'll watch it. We may not have a nice thing to say, but we will watch the movie for you. So again, thank you, Christy, for being here. It was a thank great you. episode. I feel like I learned even more about the paranormal investigation that I already didn't know. <laughs> and I look forward to jumping back in and doing even more research so I can start getting the process going on this novel. Very cool. So I look forward to you coming back. And for the rest of the listeners out there, we hope you guys come back for an evening at the movies. Have a good week, guys. Good night.